Bard Community College, again, doing a music episode, and this is Jordan. And I'm Derek. And Derek is also very confused why I made him listen to a Motown artist that's been recording in the 2000s. Let alone a white guy. Especially a white guy. So uh, we are talking about Mayor Hawthorne, uh, Andrew Mayor Cohen. Uh, he is a producer, songwriter, arranger, audio engineer, DJ. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, he's based out of uh, Los Angeles currently, but he's from Michigan originally. Uh, he's he's Los Jewish, although that doesn't really mean a whole lot. So uh, he's kind of described as a neo-soul or Motown or doo-wop sort of revivalist, which is partially true and partially kind of misleading. Um, mostly because while... I believe he gets the sound really well. Like the effortlessness of Motown and soul, he gets really, really well. Um, sometimes he doesn't blend. Um, and I think Derek understands that more having listened to the four albums that we have just because uh, the doo-wop stuff he wasn't a big fan of, but the stuff that blended into other things he liked a lot. Yeah, so <clears throat> this guy... Uh, I'll, I'll, so... Again, this is the first I'd ever heard of this guy. It's kind of the same thing when, with almost every artist that we've talked about here, when Jordan gets a turn to pick, is uh, I. It's always a new territory for me, and this guy was no exception. Um, so, uh, I am, you know, to my shame, very unfamiliar with soul as a genre. Uh, how familiar are you with it, Jordan? Um, it depends on. It really depends on kind of the generational stuff. So, like, I don't really know, like, the Deep South and the Detroit Motown soul. Um, I know a lot of New Orleans stuff. I know some of the European stuff. So, like, James Brown, Ray Charles, pretty decent fans of. Sam Cooke is considered one of, like, the forefathers. Like, Aretha Franklin. I love Al Green. Um, Four Tops, Mary Wells. Uh, like, what, Isaac Hayes? I guess was probably like the late, the mid seventies guy. Um, so a big fan of chef. Yes. A big fan of chef until things got weird. Uh, and then you have like, there are newer soul artists. Like don't yell at me, but like Adele would widely be considered soul for the most part. Um, newer act obviously you've got like amy winehouse uh very very neo soul very new stuff uh you've got like leona lewis uh duffy that's kind of like the main british re-emergence in the last 15 to 20 years um there's a lot of stuff like soul goes back god like a long way and you've got artists that um, like Blue Eyed Soul, which is uh, white artists that are making mostly uh, soul and Motown music. And then you've got Brown Eyed Soul, which is kind of uh, Latino and uh, like Richie Valens, consider that. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like Blue Eyed Soul is like Frankie Valley. Uh, sometimes people even say like some Holland Oates and some David Bowie and 
kind of to a point I can see it. Um, Van Morrison is a very, very standout artist in that particular genre. Um, so like, I'm not, I, I would say historically, I am not crazy knowledgeable about soul, but I think that there are specific artists in the genre that I'm a very, very big fan of. Okay. And that's your music um, history lesson for the day. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit more familiar with R&B uh, than soul specifically. Um, Marvin Gaye, I think, would be the only the only real soul artist that I have, like, kind of dived into. And even that, I wouldn't say is particularly yeah, and, deep. And Marvin Gaye is, oh, man, what an artist. Good, good God. Yeah, so I'm clearly I'm clearly only scratching the surface. Um and uh so I did um uh I've been kind of listening to uh I've been on a couple of different music binges recently, so this was kind of uh bopping up against uh me re-listening to the police and the B fifty twos. Um it's funny because there's a there's a song on that fourth album that uh, felt very apt while I was listening to the police. But um, this is still kind of music that, again, is just not my normal wheelhouse. Um, and again, and for, for those of you listening at home, Derek's musical wheelhouse is considerably smaller than Jordan's, uh, as I think we've established by the type of bands I bring to the table versus what he he brings um well i mean i'm i'm trying to keep to the spirit of the podcast and just sort of make you delve into things that you may not necessarily have a lot of experience with and for that i'm thankful well but, i mean um, we've had we've had some stinkers <laughs> we've had some winners it's worked out so far i think it's worked out more than it hasn't um at least uh uh it's it's funny because i feel like that's the one uh it's the one aspect that we like we tend to be pretty equal on introducing each other to do stuff on everything else, but with uh, but with music, it's usually you showing me shit and me being like, "Aha, uh, here's some stuff you've kind of heard before, but uh, I'm gonna make you listen to more of it, even though I know you probably aren't into it." <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little different. Like, mu- I, um, I I spend a lot of time in music, so uh, it's. Like I like my like we we've mentioned it before. Like my dad and my mom were both like really really big and just listen to the music in the house like all the time. So like and we were in the car a lot. So if you we weren't listening to like some radio show, it was just it was music quite a bit of my youth. So I uh, I have picked up quite a little bit for uh it, it, a lot. Like I've listened to just about everything. So but uh so let's. Dial back a little bit and get into Mayor Hawthorne. So uh, he uh, got signed on to Stone's Throw Record uh, after he moved to Los Angeles in 2005. Uh, Stone's Throw Record is almost entirely, primarily a hip-hop album, or a hip-hop... Label? Label. Uh, They're based in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Peanut Butter Wolf is the founder, who is uh, Christopher Manick. Uh, he has been, oh God, uh, he, he, he released my vinyl weighs a ton in 1999 and he's sort of just been like the producer of choice for a lot of secondary and like not necessarily a rank, uh, 
hip-hop artists, but there's there's so much good stuff. Like, they put out Jay Dilla's albums. Uh, they are, uh, famously, they did Mad Villain's Mad Villainy. You've got Loot Pack. You've got uh, uh, Mad Lib, uh, who is also probably one of my favorite hip-hop producers. you got Quasimodo, who is actually just, uh, I believe that's just Peanut Butter Wolf for another... Uh, no, that's uh, that's Mad Lib's side project. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff on Stone's Throw. So for a, I don't know, f- f- he's kind of tall, like a 5'11", like sort of almost shaggy crew cut white boy with a soul voice. Like it's a very unique thing to end up on that. I was going to say, he looks like Quentin Tarantino in some of the, he, he looks, he looks like kind of a prettier Quentin Tarantino. That That's exactly the way I would describe him. So, uh, and he does have a lot of music videos up on YouTube. Um, you oh, can, he's got tons. And uh, they, they, they're, they're low budget in that kind of like endearing like, way. And that endearing, like, this was not, like, somebody who had, like, a ton of money to throw at it, but they clearly cared a lot and put a lot of effort into making them, even if they didn't really have a huge, like, a, you know, like, a big star budget for these videos. Yeah, Uh, and he's big on, like, Motown dancers. Like, that's a huge recurring theme in most of his videos. Like, there's almost always a group of girls that is doing, like, some kind of, like, choreographed set of dance through song. So it's always like kind of cool to see older techniques sort of come back for a fresh breath. I will say what was uh, what, what what's funny with some of these newer artists is that a lot of times they'll have their newest releases, you know, already up on a YouTube video, like a YouTube playlist, like, you know, very easy. So anybody who wants to try to get into their stuff can, you know, just listen and, you know, like, you know, they make it really simple. Whereas like, if you started earlier, it feels like they haven't really like advanced on like, oh, here's my shit from 2009. Um, well, you can't find any of that on YouTube uh, except for a couple of the music videos. Yeah, so you it's, have to, it's like, kind of a, you, it's definitely kind you know, of a you have, coin toss. You ha- yeah, you have like other people uploading it, of course, but not like official, um, official releases by the artist. So it's a little obnoxious. The same thing was kind of with Sturgill Simpson because he has all his like newest stuff like last two album like the last two or three albums i think all uploaded together they're nice easy in a playlist for you to find but if you want to listen to his first album you got to find like somebody else's upload yeah you gotta you gotta hunt it down somewhere but that's just kind of the nature of the business now and i think it really depends on how savvy the artist is as well because the ones that really invest in their digital footprint you can tell have a particular way about them and getting things up like Mayor Hawthorne post his first album um, has been very, very active on social media and YouTube. Like he has uploads like all the time between him and his crossover with uh, the one fellow named the group's called Tuxedo. Um, They just do DJ sets on the YouTube channel like every couple of months. Like it's really kind of crazy how much they actually try. And I guess in, in, uh, the year of our Lord 2020, uh, a la COVID, um, things have sort of moved that way, which is kind of a unique place to be for a, an artist. Like, how do you stay relevant when you can't really tour? The answer, my friends, is TikTok. Uh, well, YouTube has been doing very good about um, 
they had a series towards the beginning of the year where they were resurfacing. Uh, they were paying out for older, uh, not as popular concert showings for like big name bands. So like they had a, they had like a Doors concert that was remastered. Like there was all sorts of stuff. Like like two, in March, like two April. or three days ago, from the time of this recording, there was a live. Either it was I think it was a stream or a, it was a not a live stream, but it was a stream of a Judas Priest concert. Yeah, do you know that, how fucking cool that one is? Yeah, it's pretty rad. Like especially considering that we're just now getting to that when it's something that we've had the capacity for for the better part of a decade now. And and again, talking about music that <laughs> talking about music that I'm too invested in. Two or three years ago, Metallica streamed to the world, them playing in fucking Antarctica. Why why isn't the rest of the world like really fucking getting on in on this? You know, the rest <laughs> of the music industry anyway. Yeah, it, and it's it's a significant improvement, I think, in, in a bad time. And like you've got musical artists that are like trying to do all of these co-op songs and stuff like that, and that's fine. But, like, I like the more intimate performances. Like, you've got people in, like, their home studios doing, like, acoustic versions of songs you've never heard in acoustic or, like, little band arrangements that they got, you know, emailed to each other. They were working off the cloud and they put something together that was kind of cute. Like, it's it's definitely unique, and... Um, kind of rolling it back, uh, Mayor Hawthorne has been very approachable for his uh, digital footprint. Um, he is very well known at being like incredibly friendly for the most part. Um, I, I haven't personally heard any like horror stories about him, although I'm sure some exist. Um, and, and most people say that he's a pretty easy to get along with guy and he's a very hard worker. Yeah, I can see that because just from his first album, the dude's playing all the instruments on it. Yeah, so the so we'll get into a strange arrangement. So uh, he wrote, did all the instruments for, arranged, mixed, and did the sound for the entirety of the album, all twelve tracks. And uh, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know too many people that are solo albuming anymore. <laughs> Like it's um, it's definitely get you a man who can do both. You get you a, all of it. Yeah, get you a man who just puts out his own albums and says "fuck the police." Like it's it's kind of crazy. So, um, a strange arrangement is his forced forced his forced album. Uh, it came out in two thousand nine. Uh, so most of you were children still, uh, possibly. Um. Uh, it was recorded. I was, uh, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It was recorded over about a year period between 2008 and 2009. Uh, it's considered neo soul. Uh, listening to it, you'll get it. Uh, it. It's a very big soul Motown departure from probably what most people are listening to. And there are a couple of tracks that you listen to that you're like, you know, this white boy's got like the Barry White thing going on, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Um and. Uh... So, uh, and the first album, knowing that it's just all him, and uh, I will say this for his entire body of work, it's just not always going to be for me because there are a lot of, uh, there's there's a lot of like those kind of drowsy bedroom soul songs where they're deliberately very like down-tempo, easy, you know, and you're you know, very spare on the instrumentation and you're supposed to focus on the vocals and the sensuality of it. Um, and Derek said, fuck that. 
No, no, well, and you know, there's a time for that. There's, there's a time, time for that. <laughs> All in good time, <clears throat> you know. But it's not the kind of music that I'm just going to turn on on a whim and, you know, and uh, listen to. Because the thing about those kind of songs is, you know, if you're not in the mood, you know, to me, it's like they'll put me to sleep if they're not like if they're not like the appropriately best. placed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> this is a uh, kind of a running theme for a lot of his albums is they rarely hit more than about the 30 minute mark. They're like, I think the shortest is like 29 to 30 and the longest is like 38 to 40. Like he doesn't clock very long. And like some tracks can be longer. I think where does this door go is the longest at mighty fifty two minutes. Yeah, so that one is significantly the longest one because I believe uh, Man About Town is like a flat thirty. Like I think it's almost down to the second thirty if I remember correctly. So uh, you've got twelve tracks on here. Um, we'll just kind of briefly go over them just because it's real fresh in Derek's mind, so he'll have a better idea. So Prelude is an opening. It's cute but it's not it sure is an opening yeah it's it's fine <clears throat> i guess <laughs> um strange arrangement is you're probably not going to listen to it more than once or twice but it's a cute song to at least sit through because you get start to kind of get the idea of what you're getting into and he's very good at presenting his instrumentation Yeah, I mean, like I have in my notes that this <clears throat> big meh on the first three track, like the first three or four tracks on this album. Yeah, but you put um, meh on Just Ain't Gonna Work Out, which is a great song. I will say I remember that one more than uh, A Strange Range and Maybe So, Maybe No, but these ones just don't do a whole lot for me. Uh, just Ain't Gonna Work Out is a little <clears throat> bit more upbeat and kind of like... Well, it's also a... a, a bouncy. Yeah, it's a it's very also, interesting... It's lyrically breakup song yeah it's a it's a very boppy breakup song which is weird like i think the only other up-tempo breakup song that i've ever listened to that i was like wow that was interesting was like alkaline trio's good fucking bye like it's a very jaunty tune for such a horrible message here it goes again here it goes again it's pretty rough um so we've got maybe so maybe no uh i actually like this track more than derek does um it's not my favorite on the album but it's listenable maybe a couple of times uh you've got the banger of the album your easy loving ain't pleasing nothing um this is the first i believe this is probably the first real up-tempo song on the album because the rest of them have been pretty like woozy so far <clears throat> so this one's yeah, this this song's a treasure i i this was this was the song that turned that at least got me to feel a lot better in general about Hawthorne. Cause he, he like, this one's a lot poppier. It's very breezy and fun. It's, it's almost bouncy. It reminds me of, um, uh, it reminds me of something that like Phil Collins or even closer to like hollow notes would have made or even no, actually the, the well other big it's one is like, if, if if you were billy joel it's is probably it's billy joel ask but like if you if you're listening to soul it's kind of temptations and earth wind and fire e it's like earth wind and fire light um but it's still it's it's got a good bop it's got a good song the lyrics are good the singing's good the video is actually really really good if you want to go watch that 
and it is easily the first standout track on this album. It, it, yay, the best track on I w- the I album. Would, I, would, I would say it's probably my favorite on the album and easily among my probably top three of his in total. Yeah, I, I, it's up there for me too, and I, I, I actually find myself listening to that track by itself a lot. Um, I Wish It Would Rain is an oddly up-tempo song for how somber the lyrics are. <laughs> Yeah, this one was weird. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of like it, but I don't. It's too much of a. It's too much of a, like. It's a bit of a downer. It's a downer, but it's also like it doesn't really match with the. It doesn't really match with the actual instrumentation very well. Um. Well, so if you for classic soul, it it I would say it does, but it's also. The tempo swings on the album, it doesn't really do this kind of track any justice because, like, it's just, it's bookended by weird tracks. <clears throat> so, like, the next one's, like, Make Her Mine, which is fine TM. It's, like, this is where we start getting into sort of the weaker part of the album until the end. Um, one Track Mine, same thing. Uh, this is another kind of man one. Yeah, The Ills is instrumentally very, very good. Uh, that <laughs> I actually have a, a, a mention in my notes of nice percussion. Yeah, it, it's this uh, one's a, this one's good. I I like this one. Yeah, the ills and it's got a cute video. It's uh, it, it's a little. I don't want to call it groovy, but this is the first track where you sort of get that kind of funk note to it, just a little bit. Uh, I will say this this one and one track mind both feel a little too short for what i would want out of them yeah i think one track mind if maybe the hook was a little or the chorus was a little less drawn out and i think the song was beefed up a little bit i think one track mind could be a lot stronger um we've got shiny and new i actually like this one it's not my favorite but it's fine uh it's got it's kind of it's kind of cute and hopeful in, in a weird way it gets a nice big <clears throat> meh for me yeah uh let me know is it's better this is another good one um i think uh it's like it's this one actually i like this i actually like the lyrics on it a lot but it's not again super good it's it's kind of uh it is an improvement over shiny and new, which is one of those aforementioned sleepy songs I was talking about. And then we've got uh half sleeper, half banger, green eyed love. Um, so the song, Man, this one, this <laughs> one tricks you. <laughs> it does. It kind of gets you into a tempo. That's like really familiar for the album. And about what is it at the halfway mark? Or is it like the two minute mark? I want to say it's like at the, it's on oh, like the back it's, third. It's on. I think it starts after. I think he does the chorus twice, and then yeah. So like you kind of you kind of get this. settled into this song a little bit, and you're like, all right, I'm I'm kind of feeling it. And then they have this guitar part that whops in that you're just like, slap, slap, slap. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes out of nowhere, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I was digging it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the the back half of the song is significantly better than the first half, but it 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 it's worth listening to, I guess is what I should say. Uh so we've got his second release, How Do You Do in 2011. 
Um, I'll have to check, but I think this one also was one of his most well-received. Because this has got the walk on it. I would have to check to see what he placed. But I think this one was in a, was actually a top 10 for uh, R&B and hip-hop albums on the Billboard. Uh, it placed 52 on the U.S. Billboard 200. 8 on the hip-hop R&B albums. And... Um, I don't see anything about, let me, let me look up the walk real quick. Um, but go ahead. So, um, the kind of the recurring thing that you're going to run into with Mayor Hawthorne is that he occasionally gets into a vocal range that isn't quite, his chops aren't quite up to it. So, um, his pitch it can be a little flaky here and there. And for the most part, you're not going to notice it. But when you notice it, it's you're going to be like, I get it. I understand. There was there was a few points where I really thought he put the wrong emphasis on songs. And some of the there are a few rhymes that don't quite work out for me. But I, you know, they're they're very minor kind of things that I don't know how much you would actually, you know, I, I don't know if it was just me being me or if it's the kind of thing that might bother other people. It's um, if you're, if you're more trained to hear specific kind of octaves and stuff, you'll, you'll notice a little bit of shakiness to it. But if you're just listening to it casually, I don't really think you're going to notice it most of the time. There are a couple of instances where it like sort of hits you over the head and you are probably not prepared for it. But um, so this one came out in 2011 took about i don't know like a year ish to record um again he has most of the instrumentation on this one is actually not him for the first time so uh he does a lot of the production but he has some assistance but uh he actually this is the first album he has like house musicians which is not something he had access to before (laughs) yeah um I I think the instrumentation is a bit stronger on uh, this album, but it wasn't ever really... It, it You know, it's very rarely, I think, especially notable to me. Yeah, it's like, like you're, you'll find a couple of songs where it really stands out, but for the most part, it's it doesn't do enough to really justify, if that makes sense. Um, and this is, I would argue, out of his four albums, it's tied for his weakest with Man About Town. Um, although I will say the high notes on how do you do are higher than some of the rest of the other albums combined so uh get to know you is listenable but it's a little long um a long time i actually like uh, a lot it's it's kind of got this like weird historical kind of track to it that's really interesting um can't stop with snoop dog you get snoop dog singing which is not rapping. He's not. Singing. He's not rapping. He's actually like, like, singing on this one. Almost crooning. Like he croons. He helped write this song. It's fucking weird. It's. Uh, I, I actually like this song. I no, it's, it's a solid. good song. It's just you don't. You don't expect it, and it is very disarming. <laughs> it's. It's kind of like it actually is kind of like again like if if part of the mark of a good soul or R and B song is feeling kind of seductive this one this one does work yeah um, can't can't stop goes i just that wanted to, i just wanted to say um uh get to know you i actually kind of like a lot because all right 
I, I, it's, it's more, I just really like the lyrics on this one. Cause it's, you know, it's a very much a, I want to fuck you song, but it's very like, it's, it's just all the different innuendos. Yeah. The, the uh, dancing around he does is usually pretty good. Like he's good at wordplay at the very least. Um, but then we get to dreaming, which has another kind of bouncy upbeat one. This is a good one. It's fine. I think for his upbeat songs, this is probably one of his more forgettable ones. Um, and then we get to, uh, one of the singles from the album, which is, uh, the second which actually single. peaked at it, which actually peaked at number two on the charts. Yeah. Which so is, that's is, uh, pretty walk, rad, which is kind of, uh, it's a fun song. It's another sort of breakup song, except there's a lot more attrition in this one. Oh man, you're, you'll, yeah, this, uh, one's, this one's all right. <laughs> It's uh it's fun, but it's kind of a mean breakup song, and I'm I'm pretty much about it. Uh you've got uh Finally Falling next. I Oh, this this one has a really, really solid chorus. Is that a har- is is it is there a harmony in this one or in backup singers, or is it a uh, is it just him doing his own harmonizing? I think it's just him, because I don't it's possible there could be backup, but I do not believe there is. Um, I know there is a backup, there's at least one backup singer on the album, but I don't know. Um, either, either way, it's good. Yeah, this one, I think this one is just him doing layers, but it's, uh, the chorus is better. The song itself is okay. Uh, the music on it is better than most. It's definitely not like my favorite song on the album, but it's fine. Uh, Hooked skip it i didn't really like it you got any thoughts yeah, this, this this one has in my notes it's good enough but not yeah like it fits the album but it doesn't, it doesn't do... really have a great hook yeah it, it doesn't really accomplish anything that it sets out to do it kind of teases you a little bit like it's going to be something good and then it just sort of falls apart mm-hmm. um stick around I actually I, you know honestly i stick around and the news don't really do anything for me i actually like the news uh the news has got a very interesting uh rhythmic pattern to it it's it's kind of a cool song um it's just it's only like a minute long so like they don't really have any time to like get momentum going on anything so like by the time you're like oh hey i'm kind of feeling it like the song is over yeah so they're like, okay they're very i i even feel that way more with uh with the news um how do you feel about you called me? If I were going to say like, what is the middlest song on the album? I would say it's you called me. Like, I don't hate it, but it's not something I'm particularly in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you're not ready. I actually like a lot. The la- It ends on a, it ends on two good tracks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you call me is particularly good either. You're not ready. Is like, it's got this cool, like, soul kind of falsetto to it, like this floaty harmony that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's almost like, uh, it's like a five or six out of ten song, but if it was like, if it had kind of a little bit more going for it, I think it might be one it's of got the a good. Tracks. It's got a good beat, too. Like, the music on it's actually pretty good, but it's not like, like, like this is the slightly above average song. And then you've got... Um, no Strings, which no, is yeah. considerably better. <clears throat> no Strings, which is considerably better than most of his library. Uh, no Strings is a crazy song. And if you didn't get the theme, pretty much all of these songs are about fucking. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you also have the bonus track, which I don't know if Derek listened to, but I have actually heard this one, Henny and Ginger Ale, which is kind of, uh, Derek, if you want to listen to it real quick, or at least like catch the beginning. Uh, let me check it out. It is, uh, it is a very interesting kind of lounge lizard Motown track that's like got this cute kind of beat to it. It's actually instrumentally, it's better than half of the actual album for being a bonus track, which kind of bothers yeah this me. is kind of good <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing that bothers me henny and ginger ale is better than half of the album and it, it got relegated to bonus track i was gonna say i was gonna say i do think no strings is probably my favorite song on this one because it's it's got a tension to it you know it's it's it well it, it, it has it has a slow build to the chorus and then it's got kind of like this smooth out period and then, like, I think it's about the halfway mark. It's like the, the 220 or 230 mark. It kicks this, like, it just flips over into, the, like, sort of this high-tempo song. It's not too far from where it started, but, like, it speeds up just noticeably, and the instruments kind of come in just a little louder. Yeah, it, it comes in, it, it, it kind of, like, it, it, if, like, if a lot of songs kind of have one gear, let's say this song is like shifting to second gear towards the end. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's got a def the, the go home on it is very good. Um, especially because it lets, he actually like tempers his voice a little bit and tries a little bit of, he tries to get outside of his own vocal box, which is really good because it works on this song. Um, and it, it's not something that he always gets quite right. Uh, now, having listened to most of the stuff, Henny and Ginger Ale, that song's a fucking banger, isn't it? I will say, it's a lot better than yeah. <laughs> some of the other songs. It's fucking one. rough. Henny and Ginger Ale is so good. <laughs> I'm I'm upset that it was a bonus track. Like, I'm, I'm, it was real fucking good. All right. And then we've so, got... Uh, let's uh, get to the, th the third album. I'm going to let Derek take this one, because this was actually his favorite. So, um, it's kind of hard for me to explain. I think the big, the big reason I liked most of the songs more on this one is that it felt like they just had more production and more, there was more going on in most of them. Um, um and I, I will agree with that. Like this is his, uh, let's invite all of his friends to sort of produce on it. So you've got, uh, Oakwood, you've got Ace Face, you've got uh, Splash. There, there are other producers on this that are significantly different than he is used to doing because he normally produces stuff by himself, which is a, a blessing and a curse because you're going to notice things that kind of repeat themselves if you're the only one that, and you're not really trying to like reinvent or reinvigorate your style. So by the end of uh, How Do You Do, you've definitely sort of gotten enough of Mayor Hawthorne like, okay, I get it. I understand what he's going for. Let's let's do something. Um, this one is kind of a is a little bit more of a departure from I feel like the what the first two albums were going for and trying to capture that 60s through 80s Motown sound. These ones sound more like a lot more modern. This 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 album specifically. Um, and it's it has my it has my favorite intro track of all these because they all have an intro track um it's really just a track. i don't i don't think all of them have it i think only two or three of them have it but uh oh you mean out of all the albums yeah no problemization is uh or problematization excuse me is uh is very good 
Um, yeah, it's it's I, basically just a joke, but it's a good joke. And you're going to notice a significant departure musically on this one. Um, this is a much more interesting listener's journey if you're like actually paying attention to the background noise, i.e. the music. Um, because the the production values on this are sig- are a massive departure from the last two albums. All right, kick it, baby. Where are we going? Well, Backseat Lover starts off with a really kind of strong, upbeat sound. And it fucking slaps! It really does. It sounds good. I, um... I really like the I really like the beat on this one. Uh, I'm not so fond of the next one. It's um, okay. The innocence fine. The the thing that I think you're going to notice between these two songs is there is a little bit more of a hip hop production than a classic Motown or soul production. Like you're getting a little bit of these like trip hop and kind of almost jazz samplings. So things tend to be a little more upbeat on this album, although. Uh, some of his down-tempo songs on this are probably some of the best he's done. Um, the Innocent is a little weak, but instrumentally, it actually sounds really good. Um, now, the next one, Allie Jones, I I like a lot more. Um, oh, Allie Jones is I will, good. I will say this one's interesting in that it's not one that I particularly love, but it is very memorable. It has, it has is, enough going for it yeah. that I, you could listen to it more than a couple of times. And then we get to the only one. Um, it's not another one that I'm not too big on, but it this is, one's kind of forgettable. But I, I, I do like it. Okay. Um, the other thing that you'll note on this album specifically is all the tracks are like in that three to four and a half minute range. So, as opposed to the first two albums, which had which everything was kind of like a minute down from that. Um, I, you know, that's one thing that I do find that all these songs feel fully fleshed out. Yeah. And, uh, although, and and again, I think part of that is the first two are trying to go for a very specific aesthetic, whereas this one was more of kind of just like his own thing. Let's see what rolls. Um, you've got the only one, which is good, but. Not great. You've got Wine Glass Woman. Woman, on the other hand, which is, is a, a really solid track. So this is uh, Pharrell Williams of Pharrell Williams fame. If you don't know who Pharrell Williams is, I don't. I uh, he's he's he he's from Nerd and the Neptunes. You know, two of the biggest. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like this, this man's made more money than God. Um, and he actually wrote, I believe, three tracks on the album, and all three of them are kind of similar, but, um, you can definitely tell that Pharrell's years and years in the music industry are doing, uh, sort of justice here. So, uh, I was gonna say, doesn't he, doesn't he, isn't he kind of a work for hire guy, kind of, where he'll, he kind of shows up on a lot of, uh, modern albums doing writing or oh yeah well the well when he was with the neptunes they were one of the biggest hip-hop producers in the mid 90s like they were the item outside of maybe timbaland like i guess if you want to get down on the dirty south like maybe dj screw uh but not even really then like there were there weren't it wasn't as big a deal back then other than 
you had maybe a dozen producers. Um, and I'm trying to remember any off the top of my head, but I, I didn't really get into hip hop until a little later. So um, you've got maybe one of the best songs on the album with her favorite song. I do like this one a lot too. Um, um, this one, that kind of, that, this one's kind of a, this one I feel like is this. So this was one of the singles and this definitely sounds more like a single. Oh yeah. It seems well, to it's have a much that, uh, it, that stutter bass kind of step that it has is very cool where it like when it opens, it's just got that didn't like it's, it's just got like this little two piece and a biscuit that is over, I think halftime. It's uh, it's very interesting. I, I like. I really like the instrumentation of the song a lot. I like the music a lot. Next, or we we then have like our next kind of like, uh, like interlude or whatever you want to call a it. bass player. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which which again is just basically a little joke more than anything. This like both of the 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 quote unquote interim songs on this is, are actually pretty good. Like problematization is funny, and this one's okay. Uh, and then you've got Crime featuring Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's doing good. This is actually a really fun song. You know, of, of of the ones that are straight up like featuring credits, I'm not I'm not super big on this one. Um, the next, and I, I'm not super big on this one and Reach Out Richard, but I do like them. I think they're I think they're both very. I listenable. think Crime is better than Reach Out Richard. I think Reach Out Richard has like. I go through these really weird swings on if I do or if I don't like Reach Out Richard. Because, like, sometimes I'll listen to it and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is good. And then other times I'll listen to it and I just kind of skip it. So, I, I don't... Like, Crime has grown on me definitely more than Reach Out Richard. Uh, and then you have arguably one of the best songs on the album, which is Corsican Rosé. This might be my favorite song that he's made. I love this song. This is death. a you have a fantastic song. Such a good chorus where he where he like dips into the where he dips into the actual like the line that the line that actually let, let me actually <laughs> pull it up instead of just uh 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 losing myself here. And I will say that um this one specifically in kind of wine glass woman they sort of, um, uh, the, reading the Wikipedia, it sort of evokes uh, Summer Breeze, uh, Ernie Isley, his production, and you kind of get it. Like you, like, you get that little bit of Barry White, you get that little bit of Curtis Mayfield, and it actually sounds good. And Derek's got a, a line yeah, for the us way, that he really Yeah, likes. the way he sings... Never let you find another guy. That's such a... He sings that so well. Yeah, That's well, he doesn't great... try to, like, stretch himself out too thin on that one either, which is something that he tends to do a lot. Yeah, this this is an absolutely great... This is an absolutely great song. Um, good... Uh, it has another... This is another good one where I want to draw attention to the... Hello, Russian ...and the beat. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, uh... Sorry. <laughs> So we've got uh, Where Did This Door Go, which I agree. The, the music on this track is actually really, really good. The beat's solid. Um, I don't think I'm as sold on it lyrically, but it's fine, I guess. Where Does This Door Go is a really good song. Too. It is. Um, I just it's, it's one of those it that a, I'm not sure how much I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think 
this one i think you have like the best three for right here in the whole in his whole discography between this corsican rose and robot love robot love is like so uh, we were talking before and robot love is one of those songs that uh when i originally listened to it i wasn't as sold on it and the more i heard it the more it, it definitely grew on me and it's it's in my top five for mayor hawthorne very very easily um, and I actually really like The Stars Are Ours. Um, I, I like it better than The Go Home. Uh, the Stars Are Ours is a, another Williams written and produced track. But uh, it's it's got this kind of funk to it that I like. It, it feels kind of weird. It feels jaunty. It's okay. <laughs> Use a bitch. Um, yeah, it, this, it's the same thing with All Better. They're both okay. I, don't I, like... I The Stars Are Ours is significantly better than All Better. <laughs> Um, and I just want to say, also on Robot Love, you have that great, again, the way he stretches out the chorus. Yeah, the, the chorus work on, on Robot Love and on Corsican Rosé is very, very good. And Where Those Door Go also has some good lines in it. Um, now, this album is also famous for having, like, nine bonus tracks. Yeah, uh, there was a... <laughs> None of like which we listened to. Five. Yeah, just for the sake of this, uh, I'm sure Jordan has listened to them at some point. Uh, not all of them. Like, I think the only ones I've listened to is uh, Designer Drug and They Don't Know You. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think They Don't Know You is actually on Man About Town, isn't it? No. So They Don't Know You is probably the only bonus track that I really, really like. Uh, the rest of the... So I've listened to that one, Designer Drug and Fool. Uh, I have never heard Kyla and I don't know about Small Clone. But uh, Fool is meh. Designer Drug is meh. Uh, they don't know he was very, very good. I actually like that one a lot. So in keeping with the trend of... Uh, <laughs> keeping with the trend with uh, Brand New, the fourth album I just... is the one I have the least, like, positive f- feelings about. Uh, well, this one kind of... This one kind of falls back into the first two's production style, um, but it doesn't quite hit the same high notes that it does. I feel like it fills a particular niche that it's something that he can do. But I think, I think he has done it better on other albums, I guess is what I should say. Like this is, this one came out in 2016 and this is about when he started doing a lot of like side work. Uh, he started working on tuxedo and a couple other projects, which are significantly more energetic and more upbeat. And they've got kind of like a little bit of uh, like a little bit of tooth to them. Whereas this one is kind of him falling back into something we've already sort of done. Although I will say, lyrically, outside of the idea that I love uh, some of these songs better than others, I think lyrically this is probably his most adult album. Like, I think there are some very well-written lines on this album, uh, even if they are not on great songs. I do think, and this one has the other kind of intro song with man about town which is eh. um yeah man about, I, man about town is not great <laughs> again i feel like the best stuff on this album is stuff that's like the more kind of rock and roll or more kind of like hollow notesy billy yeah. joel ish and even then there's none that i particularly love on this one with um, one exception so Cosmic Love is the second track on here. I actually really, really like Cosmic Love, like a lot. Um, it's not like my favorite song by him at all, but it like it's just got this kind of vibey feel to it that I like a lot. Um, Book of Broken Hearts is meh. 
Oh. I think that one's a. It's fine. I feel like I remember that one at least, which is more than I can say about Cosmic Love, Breakfast in Bed, and Man About Town. Yeah, like Breakfast in Bed is okay, but it's not a great song. Um, Laundry and Candle Wax is very good. That's actually that's that's this. All right, I'll, I'll admit this to two. I do like this song. Um, it has. Uh, it's got it some has, really good wordplay. Yeah, the wordplay is really good. It's. This one, again, is one that feels a little bit dangerous or a little bit like, you know, there's tension, like there's something. Well, a lot of these songs for a soul and Motown or R&B artist, he's always like. Approaching what might be like a really biting kind of sensual song, and then he kind of just pulls back before it gets there. And you, you have some opportunities like No Strings where it just goes hard and it's like this song's about fucking uh and then <laughs> yeah, he's got a much he's got a much night he's got a very nice register on this song yeah well this is uh, vocally this is probably his one of his best practiced albums like you don't really get the same idea of him like dropping octaves or being a little too shaky off of this one but he's also been singing for eight years at this point so you get he it's definitely his most confident album i will say that i would say this one is a lot more produced again kind of like but less in a in a less noticeable way than the previous album is significantly. In that, in that there is there is it, it, this one is sort of trying to be again a little closer to that Motown sound, but it's less. Uh, but it's definitely has much more instrumentally going on than the first two albums. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the overall amount of instruments on this album is actually wider than uh, the majority of it. Like his band is much larger on this album. <laughs> I was going to say, looking at the music credits here, there's a lot of people involved in this. And yeah. Mayor Hawthorne does the bass guitar, the kabasa, drum programming, drums, Fender Rhodes, Glockenspiel acoustic guitar electric guitar hand clapping marimba soloist string arrangements synthesizer tambourine vibraphone lead vocals background vocals a wurlitzer and keyboards and if you don't think that's fucking impressive you're out of your goddamn mind the man played a glockenspiel (laughs) like you don't even know what one looks like i bet you the only one of these things that i could do is a tambourine and i don't even think i could do that i can do the hand clapping I could easily do the hand clapping. I'm terrible at keeping time. <laughs> I'm I am 100% confident that I could do hand clapping. Uh, everything else is a fucking piss in the wind for me. <laughs> like I played, I was learning bass when I was younger. I never got good at it. Like my cousin picked up bass when he was really young and he tried to teach me it and I never really got um I never got great at it and then like I I tried to learn violin too and it just wasn't something I put enough time into. Um so fancy clothes, I actually really like a lot. This one's great, uh, mostly because it sounds like they ripped a, a riff straight out of Andy Summers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you hear this one and you're like, this sounds like something else. And it's really weird and kind of haunting the way they do it. Um, it's like it's like some kind of for like <laughs> he, it's like he woke up on a tropical beach and decided to make a white reggae song. And yeah, then, it is. It is. And then, it is like, very like this is almost Bob Marley, except from like the suburbs it's very weird it's, it's like an out of genre experience almost but it, yeah I, I i like this one a lot par- partially just because it's so weird yeah well <laughs> the vocals it's, are it's actually really way. yeah the vocals are actually really good but the reggae beat on this one you're just like all right this is weird and that is something that he wrote and produced by himself on that one like that is a that is a track that he was like i'm gonna be bob marley for like four minutes and you're like all right dude let's fucking go <laughs> um you've got the valley 
Um, which is probably one of the stronger songs on the album, but it's still not really outstanding in any particular manner. Uh, I I'm like. A, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. It's it gets a meh from me. Yeah, like I like the beat on it, but it doesn't do enough to save itself at any point. Um, actually, I like how the beat starts, uh, and then it just kind of lets me down the further the song goes. Um, love like that. Actually, pretty good. I like that one a lot. It's okay. Yeah, it's love... not again. I, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. What it's it a, is. it's a song that sort of evokes this watered down Prince and the Revolution kind of jazz a little bit, and I like it. Yeah, you know that that is right. It does kind of sound princey. It really does. It sounds like princey with ever actually like getting there, and just for the attempt, I'm kind of in love with it. Like it's fine, and the lyrics are pretty cool too. Like it's a it's a it's a fun sort of jaunty song. Uh, Get you back is. Fine. TM. It's okay. Oh, this one starts off with the crazy, like, again, an out of genre experience yes. intro. The, the, this is a song that sets you up for disappointment because it starts and you're like, oh, and then it keeps going and you're like, oh. It sounds, this feels like, it feels like the start of a Christmas album from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very. It's very jarring, especially because you just listen to Love Like That. So you're like, oh, yeah, we got this kind of like like James Brown, Prince kind of jump back and kiss myself stuff going on. And then you get get you back and you're like, is this is this Tom Jones doing a Christmas song? Like, what the fuck just happened? OK, that's that that again is kind of apt, but it's very weird. You'll hear it. and You'll be like, OK, he was right. And I hate him, but he was right. Why I, why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> you are right. Um well the next track I will say is not bad. No, out of pocket is good. actually is actually kind of funky. I like this one. It's got a good bass line, it's got a good follow through. The uh the guitar on it's kind of boppy. Uh the lyrics are fine and it's it's produced really well. Like this one for for out of all of his albums outside of No Strings, this is probably his best go home song. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's all of his discography that we covered. That's his solo discography. Yeah, we didn't yeah. go um, into Tuxedo. We didn't go into any of his side projects. I, I guess I was going to say real quick, from what little I've heard of Tuxedo, it's not bad. It's it's very, it's 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 more poppy. Um, it's just not quite my thing. Um, and Jordan can kind of speak a little bit more to that. Yeah, Tuxedo is his um, collab album that tends to be a little more... Um, it's a little all over the place. It's a little bit of 80s boom bop. It's a little bit of... Uh, oh, God. Uh, who is the group that did Kimasabi? Jump on it! Jump on it! What was the... Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Uh... Uh, Sugar Hill Gang. You're, you're going to listen to Tuxedo and there's going to be a lot of moments where you're like, this is just a weird adult version of the Sugar Hill Gang because they have like, fucks with the tux is essentially got like nine lines of lyrics and the other 32 lines of lyrics are, don't fucks with the tux. And you're like, all right, I get it. That's, <laughs> it's, it's cute, but it doesn't quite get me there. Um, but it's, it's, they're good. Um, it reminds me, of, it reminds me of like Justin Timberlake kind of. Yeah. With, uh, what was it? Uh, like future sex love songs kind of, it's kind of in your face. It's, it can get kind of goofy, but it's not, 
I don't know. It it never it doesn't. The videos are the videos are very goofy. Like the videos are extensively goofy. Like they know will, what they're I going will say, into. If, if there is one thing that I get out of Mayor Hawthorne is that he doesn't take himself too seriously, and I appreciate that. Yeah, like all of his videos are either some throwback to a weird thing, or they're just fucking weird. With the exception of probably your easy loving. Like that one's just like sort of a straight like boom that's just a straight slap by the pool i guess i really like yeah well that it's it, yeah it's a very it's elf it, it's it's shot to look like it's all in one take and it's just a bunch of kind of go-go dancing around a like a pool party Which is, and it's good it's kind of cool it's got a, it's got a it's good it's good and also when that horn kicks in i think my favorite video is the one for robot love because it's a weird robot love is such music a, video. it's like an animation from like a Disney infomercial era in the 1960s. Like, that's what it sort of feels like. Like, it's like almost a world of tomorrow thing. That things aren't exactly that far into the future. Women will be out of the home. Ah! <laughs> that was terrifying to men in the 50s. That was that was the world of the future. It was awful. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing we all advanced, and now there is no sexism, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. We are, we've become the perfect uh, the perfect civilization. We're doing it. So yeah. uh, what a what a great what a great society we live in in the year twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> the year of our Lord. So we're we're living in the future, Jordan. You realize that, future, right? The future is now. Hey, listen, we I made you watch the Transformers movie. That was two thousand and five. It's all been uphill since then. You mean eighty <laughs> six? No, in the very beginning, it says in the year 2005. Oh, no, wait. Oh, you got me. Okay. I guess this is better than being in the Acura future. Oh, I don't know, man. I want Kanada's bike real bad. I was going to say, if we could all dress like the people in Acura, I'd be pretty happy. But I just I just want that motorcycle. I've wanted that motorcycle since I was a kid. Oh, God. Anyway, so, um. The high points for Mayor Hawthorne are you, unless you listen to a lot of Motown or doo-wop or soul, this is going to be kind of unique um, just because it, it is like uh, Derek doesn't really have a whole lot of background in any of these genres, um, but it's definitely a departure from what he normally would listen to and, and either in a great way or a sort of disappointing way. I will say to my, to my own shame, you know, as somebody who is, you know, a music hobbyist is somebody who does try to like, you know, who does take a few very specific genres very seriously. It is it is to my shame that I'm just not very well versed in most like traditionally black uh, genres like soul, R&B, hip hop. Um, and I do. It is something that I want to get a little better at. Um, I want to make you listen to jazz soon. I do like jazz. You like jazz? It's funny, I you know every once in a while I will turn on, um, oh, uh, I will turn on, um, I uh, love Supreme actually. Love I Supreme's actually really good. Like Coltrane, Coltrane's real good. I'll make you listen to some Mingus do, and we'll get into experimental jazz, and you'll be like, "What the fuck?" Now, now here, here's the real question: Have you ever heard of? Uh, I think it's pronounced Fela Kuti. The name sounds familiar. Isn't he African? He's an African. He's an African. He's an He's an yeah, he's an African artist. Um, I only know about him uh, because of some courses I took in college, but 
uh, there's even... a song, there's a couple songs of his that I do actually go back to because I like, I actually like the way he sounds a lot. Um, the name sounds very, familiar. Very I would, jazzy style. I would have to kind of dip into it to see if I remembered it because, like, I have listened to a lot of fucking jazz, a lot of blues too. Like, we'll we'll get you in some old like blue note records and stuff like that, and we'll uh, we'll we'll dive back back real deep. So, um, the the high points for Mayor Hawthorne is that um, it's it's a unique sound. If you've never been into this genre of music, it is definitely going to be something that you're either going to love or hate. Um, and I will preface this with he is not the best example of the genre. I think he is a very approachable example of the genre, but he is definitely not the high points. So, like, if you want to listen to kind of a, a mediocre to okay version of Motown, give it a listen and see if you like it. I, I feel like, I, and again, uh, I think if you like soul music, if you like that kind of, if you like that kind of stuff, uh 60s 70s like bedroom like like you know bedroom soul like this is the kind of music that very wide yeah this is the this is the kind of music you want to play when you want to get your freak on it's good because the songs are about fucking yeah the songs are about fucking uh the music is good um and i really like uh i guess when he i when he springs for a more rock or a little bit more more up tempo yeah, more up tempo uh, thing. I, I like him, and I I do find I do think I'll be going back to some of the to some of the highlights. Like, and again, I, I I will stress with pretty much every artist we've covered on the show from that I hadn't heard of before. I do I have been going back to listen to some of the highlights. Um, not brand new. Um, <laughs> really, not even your favorite weapon. That stuff's like that's the best bubblegum emo pop you're gonna it, get. Like, it just never it just never like like reached out to me but maybe one of these days i'll i'll pull that album back up again um i like to hope that one day when when jordan least expects it he will find himself listening to budgie again but it's i don't only know if, if that'll ever happen it's only if i have nine minutes to kill myself <laughs> and i've usually got better time oh. i've got usually got better things to kill time with did jordan did you realize what you just said there yeah <laughs> nine minutes to kill myself yeah I, that was there was a oh, layer to that joke Jesus. <laughs> um but anyway <laughs> but anyway um i am on a roll with making derek like lose it for a second i have i've been real good the last four recordings um uh, mayor hawthorne's good uh so i guess real quick as we wrap this up uh give me your give me like your five so my five uh let's see so i really really like your easy love and ain't pleasing nothing i like just ain't gonna work out both of those are from strange arrangement i like uh long time and no strings from how do you do and i think no strings is probably banner best song for both of us just because it was very good i i do like that one a lot that one has definitely turned out better than a lot um and i think if i were going to pick another one between i i don't think i can grab one from man about town even though there is like two songs on there i really really like like fancy clothes and love like that are very fun but if I were stopping at five, I think my fifth would probably be Corsican Rosé. Like, that's just kind of a... That's a wild song. 
I would say you're easy loving, no strings, uh, Corsican Rose, uh, Robot Love, and probably probably where does this door go? Those would be my those would be my. You five. like where does this door go? All right, I really do. I like it. It it it's hard to explain, but I do like that one. Um, it and like those, <laughs> I'm serious. Those three are great. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 what is it? The eleven, twelve, and thirteen mark on where does this door go are very good. Although. Honestly, I would say that, like, where does this door go? I would say over half of the album is very listenable, and then the rest of the album is, like, at worst, okay. Um, it is easily was, the most consistent say, I, album. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, easily. Although I think the highs on, like... Like, it's very hard to come out of the walk and no strings and be, and be like, better than that. Because, like, no, the walk is a great, fun song, and no strings is just a ride. Especially when he go when he goes ow and then that fucking clap hits and you're like oh the song's picking up yeah I do like that it is a really solid one I it's definitely the best off that album that's I would say it's the best off of at least three albums arguably <laughs> but uh yeah that's it for Mayor Hawthorne so if you want to get into uh, some intro level uh, Motown doo neo soul soul whatever you want to call it it's uh it's fine it's not you're it's not the best. Um, nobody has ever said that, but you're going to find some things on these albums that you're actually pretty in love with. All righty, then. Well, that's us signing off for tonight. And next, we find more songs about fucking. <laughs>